Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck publicans? What the fuckocrats? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? Keep in mind that I believe that he's guilty of all of it. That's it. That's the message. That's the message. How how are you? Is everything all right? Are you all right? Am I all right? That's the big question. That's the uh that's the big question. Am I okay? I, I think that uh, coffee is turning on me. I, I, you know, when I, it's, just, it's one of those things where you, when you do something compulsively and you rely on it and it's one of the things you look forward to probably more than you should. Just thinking about that first cigarette and that first cup of coffee in the morning used to make everything all right. Now it's a it's the coffee and the lozenge, but I think everything's starting to turn on me. I think that that my machinery has had enough. Like I I can drink coffee all fucking day now. Now it's starting to taste funny. You know when when you're addicted to something and then it starts to taste shitty. That like your body's sort of like no no no. I, I think uh, I think we've had enough. But not but coffee. I can't. You know, it's so much part of my life, and uh, yeah, I drink it like most people drink water, and I think it's having a diminishing uh, effect. Fuck. Oh, pow! I just shit my pants. Just coffee.coop. Old school WTF plug. Unsolicited. Just happened. Like an old habit. I don't think I'm going to give it up. So what's going on, man? Edie Falco is on the show today. Edie Falco. Wait. Now, most of us have a relationship with Edie Falco as Carmela Soprano or Nurse Jackie. So, and, of course, her work in Horace and Pete and, uh, you know, movies she showed up in here and there. But uh, but Carmela, right? Carmela. Am I fucking right? Carmela. But the thing is, is it's so weird. And I have this situation when I interview um, actors who uh, who have become known uh, for a part is that you make assumptions about the person based on their performance and and yeah sometimes it's there sometimes it isn't but uh, but I was uh, I was a little nervous to uh, to talk to Edie Falco I, I'll go into it more in a minute let's let's discuss other things to be honest with you I'm doing this a little ahead of time this episode because uh, my uh, business partner would like uh, to have a, a free week he's entitled. Brendan is entitled to not have to do this the day before. 
He's entitled. I was gonna net, and I was gonna take a week. I thought, well, fuck it. If if Brendan's gonna do something, take a week to himself. Why don't I do it? And I was, what am I gonna do? Where am I gonna go? Because my brain. Here's where my brain goes to. It's like, uh, like I, um, I wanted to get out. You know, I'm not talking about going to Ohio. I'm not talking about going to Desert Hot Springs or. You know, I was thinking, like, I got, if I got four or five days, I'm going to go to fucking Ireland and uh, just sit there in the greenness and then the, the rugged people with, uh, with a, a, a sense of history that, uh, that, that has uh, sort of um, worn them down to fine nubs of humanity with a deep poetic uh, sort of uh, insight and a, 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 a kind of... Uh, a lyrical melancholy. Hey, I, I'm going to go do that. Eat some fish, you know, right out of the ocean there. What, I, whatever my romanticization. So I'm like, I'll just go to Ireland for a few days with no plan. Then I looked up some uh, fares and some time frames. Takes 15 hours to get there from here. And then, you know, one day's fucked. So that was out. Then I started thinking Vancouver, like Vancouver's three hours away. That seemed more rational. That seemed more practical. I, I really wanted to to uh, to get out of this country for a minute just to have a reprieve from uh, the 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 intensity of of garbage that is that is happening here on a cultural and political level. And and for me, I don't know about for you, it works. If I just, you know, hand someone my passport and uh, they stamp it and I go right away, I'm like, all right. That's that's behind me for now. And, uh, you know, I, I almost went. Maybe I did go. Maybe I will have decided by the time you're listening to this just to go. But then I get into that thing. It's like, what am I going to do up there? I wanted to travel alone. You know, Sarah's, uh, she's got a lot of painting to do. And sometimes I just need to clear my head. And then I think about myself alone in Canada in a hotel. It's a great hotel up there in, in Vancouver, the Rosewood. Uh, Georgia and it was like it was one of the best hotels I don't even know why I don't even know where my head was at double pane glass completely quiet beautifully climate controlled nice mattress so am I going to be one of those guys that just uh, you know spends a little money and just goes and sits in a hotel and eats room service for three days and then comes back and then I thought well man I'll go to Granville Island I'll walk around a little bit I'll look at the water I'll see the nice people the nice sort of like relatively stress-free diverse uh, palette of culture up there I've grown everything that I used to think was boring about Canada just to me it's just like that sounds relaxing I remember going up there just like, what the fuck is going on here? This is a city, right? Why is that guy just sitting outside at 1030 at night? What is that dude just doing like casually riding his bike? It's midnight. What the fuck is happening here? Man, this is sort of weird and a little bit boring. Now in my mind, it's like, sounds great. Sounds relaxing. So I might be in Vancouver when you hear this. I don't know, because the other side of it is it's like, I get up there, what am I going to take a walk? I'm going to sit, and I'm going to sit in the hotel room, I'm going to watch TV, I know like two people up there, I'm not going to work. Uh, you, you know, I, I mean, how many days of that do I need? What's going to happen? I See, this is how I fuck myself out of all good times. All right, maybe I'll just take a ride into the desert and hike in Joshua Tree in the 110 degree heat, almost die from heat stroke and exhaustion and feel cleansed. See, that's the thing, man. I, you know, sometimes I like the heat because having a propensity towards altered states, uh, you know, even if you're exhausted, you're like, 
hey man, this feels pretty good. I, I think I'm about to pass out. That's exactly where I want to be. Sometimes things are going good. Did I did I mention this? The uh, the special that I made for Netflix, Too Real, uh, will be out on Netflix on Tuesday, September fifth, and it looks good. It looks good. Lynn Shelton nailed it. Lynn Shelton, who directed a couple Marins, who directed uh, an episode of Glow, who directs her her own movies, who's been on this show. She had never directed a stand-up comedy special before. And I pulled her in. And she fucking nailed it. And it's hard to do those things, you know, and make them look, uh, you know, different without forcing that. Or, you know, having a, a, like, like, let's do it, you know, from, uh, you know, from the ceiling. And let's, you know, like, there's not, you know, it is what it is. But there are subtleties and there's ways you can design the set and there's ways you can shoot without, you know, making it obvious that you're trying to do something different that actually embraces the form of stand-up and she's a fan of mine so she knows what i do she digs what i do so we were able to get something that looked fucking beautiful moved beautiful you know kept it real not a lot of audience shots that's the weird thing about those stand-up specials generally when you see the cutaway to the two people that no one cares about you know laughing or clapping usually out of context with the actual joke it's because they want to take a chunk out it's an editing tool but uh, we it, it, so we, we we limited that. The lighting was beautiful. The theater was beautiful. Did some interesting shots in terms of uh, intimacy and close up. Anyways, all I'm saying is, from where I'm sitting, when I looked at that final cut, I was like, "This thing looks good. It looks it looks better than my material." I bet. That's what I'll say. I, uh, the the act was good. Yeah, I worked hard on it. So that too real. Mark Marin stand up special. That's me. Uh, will be on Netflix on Tuesday, September 5th. I'm, like, I'm nauseous from coffee. I'm nauseous now. I'm sweating. Uh, feels good, man. Altered states, bro. So, Edie Falco is here, and uh, I was intimidated, and I realized I didn't, I was trying to figure out why I was a little intimidated going into this, and I realized because um, if I suspect that somebody is a, a kind of well-boundaried person, uh, i.e. has healthy boundaries i get nervous about how I'm, how to engage and this is all projection you know like she seems you know tough and 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 seems to have a pretty good uh, sense of self and she's grounded and she seems to have boundaries and, and certainly her characters though some of them have weaknesses and and are dark in general i still feel that uh that uh, she's a no bullshit kind of person and you know frankly uh i'm uh, sometimes a little bullshitty and in in that i'm not saying that i i'm full of shit or that that i'm lying but uh i will engage my charm muscle and uh you know in that that muscle it, it it's got it's got some punch to it but it, it not always enough to uh, to get through so I didn't know, you know, and, and I, I adapt to conversations and, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes too much. <laughs> sometimes, you know, I will I will uh, sort of uh, appropriate uh, verbal accents and tics without even knowing it. I'm zeleggy like that. But uh, but all my fears were were uh, for naught. Uh, we had a, a lovely conversation. And uh, I love her. I love her work. And it was, a, it was a thrill to talk to her. But I was nervous. And I told her that. Uh, she's in a new film that I watched from the uh, director of um, 
obvious child. It's called a Landline, which opens in select theaters this Friday, July 21st. And Jenny Slate is in it again. She was an obvious child as well, who I love and who I had a great conversation with. Anyways, rambling on, we're heading into Edie Falco. The movie is a landline. It opens, as I said, Friday, July 21st. This is me talking to Edie Falco and being uh, honest right up front, straightforward. Got it, you know, just got to get in there. And uh, tell her how. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you you get your podcasts. I feel. This is exciting. Thank you. I, it is exciting. It is. I, I like that uh, you, you don't have any real idea who I am. That made me happy. No, I, I mean, I have. I know that you uh, <laughs> that Louie did a did a podcast with you that was much uh, talked about. Oh yeah, Louie and I go way back. Is that right? Yes, oh. we've had our moments in that podcast. Uh, we patched up, and now occasionally I, I hear from him. <gasps> and really? He, yes. Did we, something controversial happen with me and him? Yeah. Well, we, you know, we were very good friends years ago, and uh-huh. then his success somehow uh, uh, threatened me. I understand. <laughs> totally get it. How, yeah, how and, brave of you to say so. Well, that's sort of what the conversation was about. Like we, you know, I, I copped to it, that's and great. he took me to task about it, and then we decided we would try to make it work. Go beyond to, it. To be friends again. Amazing. He came here. He talked about Horace and Pete very specifically. Ah. For like an hour. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. He told me about casting you. Okay. What was it about Horace and Pete that made you say like, oh, hell, hell yeah. It, Louis, you mm-hmm. know, he's a smart guy. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, people I respect, respect him. Right. Although I was, you know, I didn't know entirely all that much about him. You know, yeah, I certainly sure. knew who he was, but... Mm-hmm. um. But you hadn't seen necessarily. No, his I hadn't old seen show. his stand-up you, stuff. I hadn't seen his old show. You didn't know I, his tone. No, no, the, not you didn't at all. Know the depth of the darkness of no, Louis. No, but that speaks my language. <laughs> he came up to me. I think it was at the <laughs> Emmys, and he said, "Hi, I've written this part for you yeah. in my thing." And I said, "Yes." And he said, "So I'll send you this." I said, "No, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that I'm, was in. That? I'm in. I'm in." That's how it started. And what? How? What was your experience on that thing? Because it's a weird thing. It's a I'm, weird thing. Yeah. It was even better than I had imagined. Because yeah. uh, I had to kind of be awake. You get to a certain point in this business where everything is 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 a little bit predictable. Right. You know, the way sure. things go, the way yeah. things are written, the way a set feels. Yeah. Louis had this idea of doing this thing that no one had ever done. I think the first day on set, he said, I have no idea if we'll be able to do this idea I have. Yeah. 
What could be more exciting than that, you know? <laughs> the director and the creator say, I don't really know. Uh, yeah. I put all my money it. put That's all right. my money into this. At least it was his money and not mine. He was the one willing to take the, the, the risk. So I was completely down with it. Yeah, and as as an actress, was it more like theater? Yeah. That what, what he was doing there? It was. It was also interesting because... Uh, Doing theater, yeah. for me, the way I memorize, although I never really thought about this until Horace and Pete, yeah. the way I memorize is by when you get the thing on its feet and you block it. Like right. when you walk to the couch, you say this line. Yeah. And then when yeah. you walk across the room, that's right. when you start this line. And right. otherwise, it's too... Right. What we did is he said, all right, you come in on Tuesday, you have it memorized. Yeah. And then we'll kind of get it up and moving. And I, so we had to, I remember looking at Buscemi, he's like, there's so many words. How the hell am I supposed to do this? But we did. We somehow did it. We somehow did it. And it, I was pleased to find it was something I could still do. Just, yeah. yeah. You know, something as simple as just memorizing something point blank without. Well, it's, uh, it's weird. It's sort of like, uh, it's kind of like riding a bike on some level. I mean, you do it. You know, you have done it before. Not like this, though. Really? I mean, seriously, you remember things from a play. And you know, pretty much m- many theater actors I've spoken to. Yeah. In a play, you remember it in chunks, according to having had it up oh, on right. its feet. You're sure. with the script in your hand for right. a very long time. Right. And then you're like, I walk over, I That's say that right. to that guy. That's right. I say this out there. But and this in, was... in, in anything other than that, film or television, for the most part, I could I would sit in the makeup chair at Nurse Jackie and say, all right, what are we doing? What do we I do? could look at the script. <laughs> and, you know, you it's a page. It it's half a page. That's right. It, like uh, When I first realized that, it was such a relief. <laughs> do, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, my, oh, it's got to memorize all this shit. That's it's right. like, it's three lines today. That's right. Oh, I can handle that. And you'll do it over and over again from several different angles till the life is sucked out of it entirely. Until you sound like an automaton, which is what they're aiming for. Right. But that's the weird part of the job. It's like the the part of the job is like, can you make it sound good the 90 times? That's it. That is the job. That is the for job. TV. That's right. And movies. That's right. And then it's sitting and being able to sit and not eat too much, <laughs> <laughs> or smoke too much, as it right. was back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so you're wheezing when you get behind. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. So you know Steve Buscemi for years, I'd imagine. I do. I do. I guess from New York. I, yes, I think I met him a million years ago on the sort of festival circuit. I was going around with uh, oh, I don't remember Laws of Gravity, and uh-huh. he was doing his uh. Trees Lounge was sure. it maybe? Yeah, yeah, that was that was similar to Horace and Pete in a way. Was it? Well, I mean, it was dark and weird. Okay, not uplifting in any way. All right, you, you didn't walk out of the movie, uh, you know, like happy uh, to be alive. Yeah, this okay. is great. Mm-hmm. You 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 might walk out of the movie with uh, wow, that is kind of what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but I would expect no less. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's an interesting actor. I I don't I, you know I I'm not great at, at, uh, at articulating it? these things I yeah. just know I when I watch him I'm happy yeah even if it's a crappy character or you know the, do you like working whatever. with him I love him I yeah. love it love it love it he's kind and he's he's uh, so smart yeah he's a little bit like Popeye like has really funny jokes but they're half under his breath oh right right so yeah, if you're yeah, not paying yeah. attention you won't catch him you, you miss it yeah but where did you like where'd you where were you born where'd you grow up grew up on long island i was born in brooklyn and grew up on long island like on what part of long island the jewish part or the other part no no i'm not jewish i'm italian and swedish <laughs> yeah um grew up uh, on the south shore and like bay shore and west islip and babylon so you moved around a lot a little bit i mean not a ton and then my family moved uh to northport which is where they some of them still are that's in Long Island too. Yes, it is. It's just directly north. So you're a completely Long Island person. Indeed, yes. 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 Long Island townie. Yeah, upbringing. Long Island townie. But I've been away for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but are yeah. they still out there? Anybody? They are. They are. My family. Like, I guess kind of everybody is. Yeah. So you go out there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I go out there. Take and what, L.I.E. Do you come from? Uh, like, what? What were the? Like, what were? What were the jobs? What did your parents do? 
Mom uh, had all kinds of jobs. Uh, let's see. She worked in. She worked at a, a radio station for a while. She was in fact a disc jockey, and then she was also a copywriter for a while. She's worked in factories. And was she an, so in, she's sort of an entertainer. If she oh, was a, she also was well. She was an actress when I was a young. Kid. Really, she was a, a community theater actress, and oh. I used to go with her. I just thought it was the coolest thing. It is the in the whole thing. world. It yeah. is the coolest thing in the whole world. But these were people who had real jobs during right. the day. Yeah, and at night they would get together and say these lines. And then, yeah, and I just thought up. it was just the coolest thing in the whole world, and, and it made no sense, and I loved it. And the first time you go backstage is really the. Uh, there's something amazing about that. Yes, isn't yes. there? Because that's totally. what that's what show business is. Is when right. you're waiting backstage to go on a talk show, and that's you're like, right. hey, it's just people working. You know, and there's an animal. What something is it? that <laughs> something that stays with me was my mom. I went backstage with my mom. They all shared a dressing room. This right. was a sort of you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Long story? Island Theater. A what? <laughs> a naked person. It story? kind of is. I was a kid, and I don't know right. how old I was, but right. um, and they were talking. My mom was talking to some grown man, and, yeah. and all of a sudden he pulls his pants down, and he's in there in his underwear talking to my mom, who takes her shirt off, and I was <laughs> at once like mortified and and exhilarated beyond belief right. that this could happen. Right. The cops didn't come. Nobody <laughs> shut down the place. It was some. It was just a and normal part of the day. She still loved your father. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, that happened, and uh, it, uh, it was uh, mag- it was one of the many magnificent things about being there with my mom. Oh, it's great! Yeah. And when did you start doing it? Well, they would occasionally throw me into oh, some right. of these community theater plays, yeah, yeah. and that, and then I uh, went to college, and I sort of thought I'd be a shrink. Oh, and oh really? And uh, I w- that was what at the time was most interesting to me. I'm not sure it's not still what's most interesting to me, but uh, one of the teachers in high school said. Um, you know, aren't you in the plays and stuff at school? I mean, why don't you become an actress? And yeah. I thought it was such a strange thing to say. I mean, I yeah. thought you become an actress if you're famous or something, if you're from right. a famous family. You, or well, you thought, yeah, well, you, you, didn't know the, you didn't know the path to yeah, it. Yeah, so right. it just seemed preposterous right. in a way. It does, right? But I knew that I'd get to do plays at college, and so that's kind of how, how that whole thing was started. Your, was your dad in show business? Dad was a, a drummer. Uh, for real? For, for uh, In... Um, like the Catskill thing. No you kidding. Know? Yeah. Like he was in a showroom band in the Catskill? Yes, but I, I mean four guys, I think, or something like that. That's so, how he supported himself as a kid, yeah. So he was like a like in a Drummer combo. Drummer and a singer, yeah. Frankie Falco and his orchestra, it was called. And they used to play up in the Catskills. Up in the Catskills. And when he was, was a kid, that's how he supported himself. But he went to the High School of Music and Art. Yeah. And he wasn't sure what path he would follow, but I think he saw the drummers being, uh, they seemed a bit more... Um, Devoted to their craft, yeah, he thought him. he might be. Right. So he ended up becoming an artist and and um, doing. Uh, uh, so he went for uh, the, commercial uh, art. Oh, more security. Like well, I'm going to be yeah, a painter. Exactly. Of he? the two, yeah. Well, he's also was also a painter and a sculptor. Yeah. 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 So he's not around anymore. Uh, he's he's not in great health. Oh, but he is still with. Did us. he do work? I mean, did you see the paintings? Like, they're around he... my house growing up. Oh, and they're yeah. They're still around my house. A lot of his work is in my house. Oh, now. that's sweet. Like, yeah. what kind of stuff do you do? Like, oh, everything. I mean, he he's another one. He was wasn't much of a rule follower, so he has some sort of mixed media stuff. Some yeah. Straight up sculpture. Yeah. Some paintings. Uh, little crafty things. So you grew know. up in a creative house. Exactly. Which that, is the energy nice. of that sort of rulelessness yeah. was always around me. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the, the positive side of a boundaryless, chaotic upbringing. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. But there, yeah, something to be said for that. You find your own way because yeah, nobody's you, telling you that you Well, can't that's do true. It. I grew up like that too. And the, one of the things I was intimidated about you coming over for some reason. Oh, please. No, for having known your work, 
you know, the work that I know that you've done, you know, I'm like, oh, she's she's got such good boundaries. It's going to be difficult. <laughs> I've recalled a lot of things in my day, but difficult isn't one of them. No, but I mean, I just I know like, what you mean. You know, because you seem tough. Wow. Are you? I love that. No, I'm not. I mean, you know, in some ways I am. I got I got my badass side for sure, but that but when it comes to this stuff, not really. No. No. That's I wish what, I was tougher. Really? Sometimes, yeah. Do you have siblings? Yes, I do. Let's see. I have an older brother, a younger brother, and sister. And they do regular jobs. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you know what? My sister is is uh, and in the art department of TVs and and movie oh, really? stuff. Yeah. Oh, so she, she makes actually things? worked on Trees Lounge. Oh, she I did. I think that was her very first job, maybe in the art. She department. does set deck or something like well, that. Well, she does more like you know they have to do a scene in a in a living room, so she'll go and figure out the dimensions on AutoCAD or whatever. Some, yeah, some sure, thing. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does a lot of computer stuff and a lot of measuring stuff and a lot of design. Creates stuff. the room on the computer so they can so they can build it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Oh, that's good. That's totally. important. I mean, she was also trained partially as an architect. So. Oh wow. She's uh, you so know, she, those are the real those are the people with the real jobs and. That's right. The, the people who have to be sort of smart. <laughs> yeah, the people where you, you walk into the place, you're like, holy shit, this How looks great. How did this gr-. happen? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I could live here easily. So what, So where did you study? Where did you go to college? What was I that? went to SUNY Purchase. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, it was about, whatever, 45 minutes outside of Manhattan. It's it up north, like ish. Yeah, in Westchester. Yeah. It's nice there, right? It's like, a, isn't it pretty? Well, yeah, it was built as a prison, so oh. the actual place itself is less than <laughs> stunning or and inviting. It's brown <laughs> bricks, um, but it, I was ecstatically happy during that time. Uh, Just many undergrad? of my friends, undergrad. Many of yeah. my friends I have now were people I met then. You were in the performing arts program as an undergrad. Yes. So you in just the acting you, department. You yeah. ditch psychology. Kind of. I like, mean, they're they're pretty closely related in some ways. But yes, I ditch psychology. And and what uh, you know, so you just did. What did you learn there as an undergrad? Did you do graduate work? I didn't do graduate work. You just did the undergrad. So was it a good program? Uh, you know, it had great facilities. It had very great teachers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I. What I did over my time at, yeah. at acting schools, I lost a great deal of confidence that I went in there with. Yeah. Because I wasn't able to really verbalize what the hell I was doing. Right. And a lot of the students at the school were. They yeah. could say, well, you know, we would learn all these techniques. And when I when I first needed to access the information of the number of the address, I put my eyes to the upper right because that's where your eyes go when you're thinking about or yeah, whatever it was. Right, and I was right, like... Yeah. What? what? <laughs> What's happening? I just felt like I'm the worst actor in the world because I didn't know what I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't tell anybody what I was doing. I was very insecure. And but you were doing it, you know. But I didn't know. I just felt like I was doing it badly. Yeah, but but that's a good question because I've I've begun to talk since I've been doing a little acting. I've be, I've begun to talk to actors about it. Yeah. About specifically, you know, what they take and what they don't from what they learn. Yeah. So, like in in your recollection of these other people that had these bizarre or or, or different elements of craft or whatever, what what do you remember that you still have with you when you enter a, a set? Or well, it's actually a, a beautiful kind of a, a. I wish I could think of words. It's one of the most awful you things. You can do it. I have so much compassion for myself. Right. For what? From my journey over the years with yeah. this. Yeah. Because what I've come to realize is that I do know what I'm doing. I know it in a part of myself that yeah. is wordless. 
Right. And that's okay with me now when it wasn't back then. Well, that's a well, that's a self-acceptance thing. That's right. I, yeah. I, but I didn't have that then. I went through a lot of shenanigans between whenever that was, 1982. In college, in undergrad. Yes. To, to now, to realize I do know what I'm doing. I do know what I'm doing. And I'm, I have no desire any longer to be able to put a pin in it and exactly explain it to anyone, including myself. No, I think that's important. I, I just had a conversation with my brother about it. Like, at some point, you have to accept yourself for all of it. Yes. And then say, like, well, that might not get fixed. But I'm okay with That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> I also happen to believe, by the way, yeah. that uh, the sooner you're able to say, I'm all right with it, it starts to unravel a little bit on its own. But to, it to starts get, with- oh, uh, oh, you mean like uh, fixing it? Yes. Like it starts yes. to fix uh, if itself. If it's exactly right. You just leave it alone. And if it's gonna, if it's gonna untangle, or if it's meant to, it will. But you gotta walk away from it, you right? You say, can't sit there like you can't uh, be in this perpetual state of like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on this something. <laughs> yes, yes. And suddenly you turn around, and you realize, holy crap! Look at this thing now that yeah. I'm able to do, or, or this this sense of uh, calm that comes over me now when I never used to in this cir- right. circumstance. Well, or that, I think that should that comes naturally from experience, but not only experience, but doing something successfully. Yeah, Un- that's it. Un- yes. Unfortunately, like if things aren't working out for you, it's a harder. Oh yes, a little harder to accept yourself if no one else is accepting you. <laughs> and I want to send that out to the airwaves. Yeah, it's you a, can only accept a, yourself if you're accepted by everyone else. Yeah, first. that's a greeting. It's a card. Yes, yeah. Walmart. <laughs> yeah. So, but so, how were there other people in your uh, undergrad that that went on to be successful actors and actresses? I'm trying to think of the people I I was uh, accepted into SUNY Purchase, one of thirty people. You had an audition. Yes, um, and there were ten women and twenty. No, yeah, ten women and twenty men. Yeah. My friend Matt Malloy yeah. uh, was in my company with me at Purchase, and he still works. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't know if anyone else does, and that's the God's honest truth. And I, you know, it's a tough I, racket. I, I, man, I, but the thing is also, I have nothing to fall back on. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, I'll go do this thing now. It's like, no, this was it. After a certain point, there isn't. This, I know that this feeling. Was, yeah. I like mean, a, like in college, you could do, you know, but like what kept you going? I mean, like, did you start working right out of school? Well, I did get a job uh, where I had to be on set the day after I graduated. Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought, this, what's everybody talking about? This is easy. This is so easy. So I went straight to set and, I, you know, and, and then didn't work for five years Whoa. after that. So <laughs> it was a movie called Sweet Lorraine. Uh-huh. Um, and it was uh, glorious. You know, oh, it was so exciting. You um, thought you were in. Oh, my God. You thought this is My it. agent said to me, are you sitting down? Uh-huh. Yeah. When I got this thing, she yeah. said, you're getting paid $2,000 a week. And I literally almost, I felt the color drain from my face. <laughs> um, you know, I was able to pay off part of a student loan. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. mean, all, I mean, huge, you know, money when yeah. you're just starting out. It's a sure. constant preoccupation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was huge, a huge piece of how, But no, it didn't It didn't continue like that. How, how, <laughs> yeah. did, how was that movie? I didn't see that movie. Was it a small uh, movie? It was a Who very directed? small movie. Steve Gomer was uh-huh. his name. Uh, gosh, let's see. Maureen Stapleton was in it. Really? It so did just, you have a nice part? Yeah, it was about a bunch of kids staying who worked at a who worked at a Catskill resort. Ah. Crazy. I mean, so much of this stuff is circular in my life; it's almost freaky. Yeah, but yes, and Maureen Stapleton owned the uh, place, and the, the the hotel was called Sweet Lorraine. Okay, so that's what that was. And she was an old pro. What did you, uh, that must have been something. She was really amazing, just beautiful, and I'd been a fan of hers forever. And yeah. I, I didn't want to geek out, so I was yeah. very careful to keep a distance. And it's such a funny thing I do because when I'm so overwhelmed with feeling of, of respect for someone yeah. I do a I distance myself further because I'm sure. embarrassed so they I'm, think I'm afraid you're an asshole. so they think I'm an asshole 
So they think I'm this cold, narcissistic asshole. And I can't control any is. of that. Right. Who exactly. does she think she is over there? Right. She I mean, doesn't even say good morning to me. And the truth is I'm, I'm apoplectic. Yeah. So. I, I, I think I have that too. You know, I, I mean, I talk to a lot of people in here. And, uh, like, I never keep in touch. I don't know if I'm supposed to, but there are people like... <laughs> you know, this is a very strange Business. thing that you do also here. It's very intimate Yeah, between two people who don't know each other. And but, then when it ends, yeah, you're, you're, it's not like you've actually put in the time to get to where you no, pretend I, to be during this podcast. No, I think so. I mean, I, well, I think it's a genuine thing. And, yes, and I agree. Some, and sometimes things happen, but, you know, I just have to leave it there. It's not like I thought I, that me and Neil Young were going to be hanging out or anything. Neil Young sat in this chair? He did. Holy crumb. President Obama sat in this oh chair. Oh, my God. Somebody told me that. Yeah. Holy mackerel. There's a picture right there. This? Yeah. Oh, my God. The same orange chair. Oh, my God. Yeah, like I, him and I aren't hanging out. You know, like... (laughs) I don't. I don't call him. I think that was. I, I think that was a miscalculation. I. I mean, I meet people who I. I'm in awe of. Yeah. And then what happens to me, uh, after a little bit of talking to them, is like you realize, like, oh shit, they're just people. Right. And and that's usually true. It doesn't mean that they might not be assholes or whatever. Sure. But they are, you know, painfully human, ninety nine percent of the time. Right. 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 And I think we forget that when you're in a work situation, and you don't right. want you don't want to like. How has that happened to you? Like, what was another? What was a situation where you were just like you know beside yourself that you were working with somebody and you couldn't deal with it? Oh goodness, let's say. Um, well, you know, it was not terribly long ago. Uh, I was actually working with Louis again, yeah. and John Malkovich was on set. Oh. You know, I I, I, I I wanted to say all the things I wanted to say, like bombing Gilead yeah. in New York yeah. was one of the first things I saw. Right. And Laurie Metcalf. Uh, yeah. and, uh. and when I, 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 at a certain point when she finished her monologue, I, monologue, I realized I was perched on top of the seat in front of me. In, like in, I had, for Louis, you mean? Or, no, no, or no I, I, when I was saying, yeah, and all these yeah. things you kind of want to tell John Malkovich about yeah, your yeah. early experience with all with the Steppenwolf guys yeah. and burn this. And, yeah, yeah. And then I, I just think, really, does he need to hear that? You know, is that going to change his day or somehow make it easier to pass the time with him? So I say nothing. And, but, uh, but, you, but you know as an actress that, yes, yes, he needs to hear that. And yes, it might change his day. It's never, when a peer comes up to you and says, like, I, I think you were a genius in that thing. Does it, are you like, no, I don't, I don't need to hear that. I don't know. <laughs> I have a weird experience. I have a weird relationship with that stuff. Really? It's kind of like- You don't I, believe it? I want to- It's so hard to explain, but like- <laughs> you know, it's, All right, this is what's messed up. I would love to read it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, John Malkovich said about right, Eddie right, Falcon. Yeah. There was a scene, blah, blah, blah. Right. Then I can be alone with my right. reaction to it. Right, right. But if he comes face to face and says that, and I say, oh my God, thank you so much. And I just, I feel like I come across like a snotty- so you, jerk or something right. something about having to accept the compliment in the moment yeah well, that glad, makes me very uncomfortable sure I, I understand that so I'm glad we're putting this out in the world if any you know peers have good things to say about you they don't. should maybe tell your friend <laughs> no no email it or, or put it send in a it magazine send it to the guy at Columbia University that Comey contacted <laughs> yeah and, maybe and get it out, out in the news media that's yeah, right yeah. that's right that's the way everything gets out in the news apparently, media apparently yeah yeah well, that's interesting because that means that there's some part like I, I guess there's no I guess it's hard to be uh, like you're you're you are a gracious person, but you're not sure that you're communicating that. Well, it's when like you, when you said, uh, oh, I'm so, you don't really know much about me. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Right. When yeah. I first I love to feel like when I meet someone, they're actually meeting me and they're, they don't have a ton of 
backstory so sure. that they've already made some sort of judgment about who I am or what it'll be like to be with me or whatever, or that you thought I might be uh, uh, boundary, boundary, very boundary. You know what I mean? Well, I you are. Of, well, I mean, but, but it's good. It's healthy. I, I mean, yeah, to, yes, but not if it if it makes people feel something oh, right, right. about me before they've actually met. Me. But that's a problem because, like, you, you know, they, and I've had this issue before where you know I like I'm very familiar with some of your work. I mean, I I just when I was on set for Glow. I you know in the downtime I watch I rewatch the entire Sopranos oh all, all like back to like wow. every day like two three episodes a day that's crazy yeah talk. what do you <laughs> what are you gonna do on set you know, <laughs> I gotta do something watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia that's really funny no I know I'm but, just yeah. saying I'm just saying but uh, but so like people are coming at you with a a very significant relationship with a character right. Right? Right. So, you know, you make assumptions like you, you're like, I've watched enough of that character to know that some of that stuff must really be her. That's right. Right? That's right. You should, I mean, parking lots in New Jersey. I pulled up in some mall. <laughs> Five <laughs> different versions of Carmela came running up to me. The nails, they hear, oh my God, I can't believe it. With the, like, we were having a pool party this weekend. I would so love it if you could come. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> And realizing how, and one woman said, uh, I recognize you with your disguise. Because uh-huh. I had jeans and a t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And realized how, how completely bored they would be with the person that I actually am. So, you know what I mean? It's just a funny, pl- it's a Thank funny God. position to be in. Thank God, on some level. On you're, some you're, level, you're, I yeah. suppose, yeah. No, but that's funny because that's going to happen for the rest of your life. I know it, I know. And you know, I don't want to sound anything like uh, un- ungrateful. I am still pinching myself that I have the opportunities I have. Well, I There's mean, a lot of stuff surrounding it that I had not anticipated. Well, th- But I think that, you know, unlike uh, some people, like the, the, the type of work that you're doing and the type of television you're doing, like a lot of people can't, you know, ever transcend certain roles. Right. Uh, but, you, you know, but I think that happened more in network television and comedic character. Sure. You, you know? Sure. I mean, but even even James, you know, rest his soul, had, uh, you know, I saw him on stage in Gods of Carnage, right? Right. right. And, you know, I had to... Of course. You know, you had to sit there and go, like, it's not Tony. It's not Tony. Uh-huh. It's not Tony. And it was a, di- a totally different role. Yes. Yes, but, he also has a physical being that's Menace. hard to escape from you know what i mean yeah. I, I had all the hairs the hair the nail the jewelry the costumes were so yeah. much a part of who this woman was it was easier for me to escape and harder for him yeah i gotta watch that last one that was released posthumously with julia uh, Louis enough Dreyfus. said yeah I, i've talked about that a million times that how grateful i was that at least once yeah people got to see him do that for the very regular guy that he was oh, and that yeah, was the yeah. closest i had ever seen him portray to it. his real self that's a great watch. great great movie and he's so good in it yeah it was so sad yeah yeah yes but uh so when all right so you didn't work for five years after uh the 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 first sweet lorraine sweet lorraine yeah so what'd you do just freak out yeah honestly i really did were you auditioning and no i mean i had an agent oh you know i could sit here and tell you all these stories but i waitressed i was in new york in the city where were you living i was living in the i've been living in the west village for about 600 years at this point i, I moved in in 80 same mm, place you live no in? no oh. no i've you know each I job say, i got can, a bigger can, house can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's all they're all within like a three block radius right. of, of each other um but no i i um so you live kind of by louie What's, yes, actually, I don't live far from him. Yeah. Um, but I, I ha- never really had enough money to live there until uh, until I did, which right. is sure. really nice. But um, I'm sorry, I'm a very much a homebody, so yeah. I, I, I tend to stay in the in the same place. But um, me too. Look at this place. Well, no, it's fantastic. It's yeah. it's what a life is. Yeah. It's the things you surround yourself with. It is sort of. With, isn't you know? that weird? See, that's another thing about accepting your 
self is that like you know so what if i you know just because you have money doesn't mean you have to buy shit that's the thing i just i moved out of this last place that i was in i moved to tribeca for a short spell yeah and the place was just friggin' huge Mm. and i just at a certain point i thought what am i doing yeah just because i can't afford this is this really where i want to live and the answer was no i was like a loft it was a loft like a two uh two-story loft and it was just me and my two kids living in this place and like my bedroom was upstairs and their bedroom was about six miles away. It was like the down the stairs or way down the hallway. Yeah. And I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> that was it? That was it. So I moved. <laughs> to a cozy place. To a much cozier place in the West Village. So so for five years, you waitress, you did odd jobs, you did what? You did... It was probably longer than five years. But, but yes, you, what... I, I waitressed. I waitressed and waitressed and waitressed. But were you doing uh, theater? Like, like I would do off anything. Off the grid for theater? That's right. I would do anything I could get my hands on. You know, backstage magazines, show business magazines. So you just go to things. cold call. Go uh, to cold calls. And yeah. I got to the point where I started to look at them as opportunities just to perform. You the know, try out a new monologue, right. you know. Were you, you know, taking I classes? Not, I, at one point, I took a class, but I, I really just wanted to work. You know, mm-hmm. I had taken four years of conservatory classes. and uh, Undergrad. Undergrad. And I didn't want to, I just, I kind of wanted to just do stuff at that point. You so did, it ended up being like classes, all these sort of very off well, the radar things. But that's good because, you know, you get into a, a situation with that where it was it was sort of self-preserving in a way that, because there are people that go to classes forever. That's what they do. I know. And you get really good at well, that was the same thing as in college. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to be able to 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 identify all the different things I did to to, right. to make a moment feel real. I just yeah. wanted to do it. I just yeah. wanted to keep doing it. And and ultimately a director just expects you to do it. They're not gonna you know That's they're not interested deconstruct in your, your yes, process their eyes and... to the upper right to, to access a phone number. However you gotta do it. Whatever that's you right. whatever tricks you gotta play on that's, yourself That's exactly it. To get to what you need. And they're to all be. unspoken, like none of them have language. They're just very quiet little little private well some, uh, well some people have real like you know some people i've talked to you know do have some kind of you know consistent way of doing things maybe in their head right you know what i mean like right uh like if you're going to like i talked to somebody i think it was paul dano he's like he did some animal work for his last <laughs> you can laugh out loud. i'm not laughing what are you talking about i think that's amazing I have nothing but respect for people who work in different ways. It's not my thing. Like the one of the things I loved about Jim Gandolfini, uh, yeah. we never sat down and talked about these people. You know, we didn't. There was none of this. It was, there was no. And I, I don't mean. To, I know how I come across sounding, and I'm aware of that, and I'm a little self-conscious all of a sudden. Mm. But I think this goes back to my college stuff. That I, uh, Jim and I didn't know. I remember when we were picked up for the second season of Sopranos. He said, "Well, we're picked up. Uh, I don't know what the hell we did, but apparently we got to do it again." And I thought, "That's the man I want to work with." Yeah, we don't know. I didn't know. We didn't well, know. Who, we does, just, do people know. really have those conversations? I mean, I've of do- course those backs. Like, do you want to talk about their backstory? And how many times people have said that to <sighs> me? And I, I don't want to sound disrespectful for people who work that way, but I, I, I think I would be less inclined to be so snotty about it if I was able to say, no, actually I don't. I don't yeah. want to talk about their backstory, well, but I'm still not there. <laughs> the character I played, they gave me this whole backstory and I'm like, well, that that's nice, but can I just see the script? That's that's kind of, well, that's how I do it too. Because like ultimately, and this is the one thing that out of all the things, like I, I think, and I think what we're saying here is that, you know, some people have it and some people don't. And, you know, you can, like acting, you, there is a lot of natural, el- there's a natural element to right. it. Either you, you have the thing or right. you don't. that's right. You can, you can be on camera, you can be in a play, you can talk to a person and not know it's, 
you that's know, right. you know, you you don't pay attention to the shit. Right. You're not self conscious. That's right. Uh, in that moment, and you're not. Why is there a guy with a camera two feet away from me? You don't think about it. That's right. That's a gift. That's right. right. And for some people, they're actually more conscious and more aware in those moments than yeah. they are in their real life. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. And there tightened. isn't. And they. That's right. And they right. don't know how they get there. Yeah. Yeah. Why they're one of the few people who can get there. I mean, yeah. there are some people who have had tremendous success in this industry. Yeah. Um. Very famous, very yeah. rich, well-known yeah. people who you can tell all they want is to be taken seriously uh-huh. as an actor. Right. And they work and they try and they yeah. see their performances and it makes you, it makes me feel great compassion for them. Because sure. th- as far as I'm concerned, they don't got it. <laughs> and it breaks my heart because they really want it and it's one of the few things you can't pay for. You know, just continue to do your action movies sure. and stuff and be grateful for that. Right, but right. We, you know, yeah. it's not everybody gets to... Uh, you know, gets to have this sort of blessing curse. That's right. Thing. That's right. And also, the, the the point I was making is that, like, if you have that that confidence that you've grown to have, yeah, you know, that you know, the script is the script, and it, the story should be there. Yes. Right. That's right. I mean, yeah. and also, let me figure out right what the backstory is, unless I'm doing something that does not ring true to the writer director producer sure. people then you can say you know what actually i thought she came from this you know and then let me know and i'll make an adjustment right but if i'm not doing something that you're not unhappy with don't give me more, right. more information than i can metabolize i think ultimately they usually do it to help you they think they're helping you that's right, right. They, i mean it's not you know they're that's not right then, no no up. that's right yeah that's right. but but like less is more is what right and about. just as an actress so so if there's an issue the director says can you do that again but don't uh, you know try to, to yes. play it this way right Good. That's fine. that's perfect. That's perfect. That's what I'm here for. But if you give me 40 pages of a backstory, I'm not going to read it. Or if I do, I will show up deeply confused next time you see me. I don't I know what to do with it. Right, unless it involves a hint of a, a Minsk accent. Yeah. Well, then hopefully I knew that well in advance and I declined the project. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't. I don't do that's Yeah, I, I it has to be within your wheelhouse. So, what do you right. got to make yourself crazy or, for? Or, you know, something that you thought, oh, God, that'd be interesting. I haven't had a chance to do that. I'd love to try it. Yeah, but accents isn't one of them. No, it might be. But yeah. I, I mean, I want, I want a long lead time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, you know, I'm very hard on myself. So if I if I can't do it perfectly, I really I'm not going to do a half-ass thing. But I, which is why I would need to know well in advance what like, I'm being it, asked to do. Uh, yeah, right. Like yeah, put on fifty pounds or uh, speak. Oh, I can Russian. do that by tomorrow. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so when did uh, when did you start feeling like you were having success? I mean, like when was it? You know, I used to. I guess I don't know that I never really thought about it at the time. But yeah. um, I didn't want to have to waitress. You know, I got to the point where I, because of the kind of brain I have, I yeah. was very good insofar as dealing with a million tables at once. Yeah. But don't ask me to talk to people as if they're human, like make conversation right. and make, you know, make jokes with them. I couldn't, I was so miserably unhappy. As I, a waitress. I, yes. Yeah, I couldn't do So, that. oh, I was awful. Somebody threw a bunch of pennies at me once as my tip. And I sort of thought, nah, I have to remember this moment. This is the pinnacle of my, right. my well, they, misery. They, this, yeah, uh, it's a good sign. And this last ride, it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that guy just made many wishes for me not to be a waitress. That's right. And eventually I did. I did have that moment where I thought, I don't know how yeah. I will continue to s- support myself, but this is something I can't do anymore. But I think what I wanted was to be able to Pay my rent solely on my acting work. That's yeah. what I considered. I right. guess a success. Absolutely, sure. No day job. And that took a long time. It took yeah. a long time. When? Well, when did it happen? What, what was the Gosh, job? I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I did a movie called uh, Cost of Living. Um, 
another independent movie. I don't know when that was, 20-something yeah. years ago. Yeah. And uh, that was when I decided, um, you know, I'm, I quit my waitressing job when I got home and I didn't know how it would continue. But something about that leap of faith, yeah. if you believe these sorts of things, and right. I do, that you put that out there, yeah. somehow it was all right. And I think for a short spell... I did some work with a dear friend of mine, Lisa Kennedy, who does uh, who does set work on mm-hmm. movies and films. She threw me onto a job for a while, so I was able to get some side work oh, with her on the other side of the business. That's right, exactly. Yeah. And then I was then it kind of kicked in, and and you know, not wasn't living flamboyantly, but I wasn't sure. having to. But waitress. that's nice that you got that gig, you know, because that's sort of like uh, in the nature. Uh, it's in the the tradition of uh, everybody has a job in the th- like the Shakespearean that's theater. That's right. Uh, that yeah. we all we all yeah. take our, our we all do our part. Have yeah. you ever done Shakespeare? I'm afraid of it a little bit. No, I haven't. Me too. I, I did it in college, and I never got that little, you know, uh, blink. Of, uh, of confidence that I get when I'm doing something else where I right. feel like I got it and I understand gotta, it. You got to harness that language. Yeah. And I think I'm, I think if I put enough time and effort into it, it might be something I could get to. But there are so many good Shakespearean actors, you know, I'll let them do that. Yeah, but it might be like it feels like something you maybe try. I don't know. I also did Will and Grace because I never thought I could understand. Or, or I also did 30 Rock too. Yeah. Because that, that is a genre I don't understand. Just delivering jokes? Just something like that. <laughs> How like The I, patter? I, yes. But the, like I, I had to make an entrance <laughs> and Sean Hayes' character saw me and went like, ah, and yeah. then ducked under the table. Right. And you're And like, I thought, now did I see him do that? And is that an unusual thing? Do I respond? And I realized this is, I am out of my comfort zone here. And I did, I remember thinking, if I did this more often, I, I know I could come to understand it, but I just, it, I didn't find it as interesting as the other stuff I was no. I was lucky enough to do. That's right, because it's a- And I have nothing but respect for the people sure. who can do these things beautifully, like Alec Baldwin and yeah. all of those people who- are masters at what they it's do, a, but I am certainly, I was not. It's a skill set. It is a skill set. And it's a, you know, and it, it doesn't have, it, it doesn't uh, immediately have the depth in that moment, you know, like- It has it's something a, else. Yeah, it's a pattern. It's like, a, you know, a lot of those things it's are joke, they're joke machines. That's right. That's and right. you know, I and you know, sometimes if you have a live audience, right, you know, that, that you, you know, get the if, feedback if you right like away. To, do you? But you, do you like to do comedy? I do. Like, I do. You've but done some on stage. I've done some on stage, but it's never been, uh, you know, under the guise of being a comedy. It's, you know, it's like Sopranos. Sure. There's sure. definitely funny stuff in there, but it's yeah. based on what's real. Right. But like to get a laugh in a live audience is exciting, no? Uh, Not I don't, really. I'm trying to think if you that's... You don't acknowledge in it? In plays. In plays. In plays, yeah. yeah. But my character doesn't hear it. Right. Oh, really? You, <laughs> I don't know. I don't you, know what I'm talking about. I'm you, sorry. You, can, you, you hear it. You do hear and it because you, you have to beat. hear it because yeah. you have to take a beat before yeah. you deliver the next line. So, yeah. So the, you became, like, there was a period there in New York where stage was working out for you. Yeah. What was that play? The, si- the Side, Side Man. Man. I did a play called Side Man. My, my, my producer loves that play. Oh, and he, yeah? And he saw you in it, and he knew, he's like, I don't, this, this woman is going to, oh. she's the real deal. Wow. Like, you know, he, like, he can't, like, he, it's in his mind. To wow. Ta- when I talked to him today, he's, he's like, that was amazing. Isn't that nice? Uh it was a long time ago, and to this day, it's still one of the. I think it's probably the most meaningful project I've worked on. Really? Oh, Why? Yeah. What made well, it that? Uh, I was out of work. I ran. I was on a bus and yeah. ran into Warren Light on that yeah. same bus. He's the writer of Side Man, and he said, "Listen, I'm doing. I'm having a reading done of my play. Marissa Tomei dropped out at the last minute. She's not able to do it. Can you just fill in for her and do this reading for me?" Right. And that was the 
the, the impetus for this whole thing. Um, we did a reading, and the reading went well, and then we ended up getting a production uh, in on 13th Street in Manhattan, and then it went to Roundabout, then it went to Broadway, then it went to London. I did this play in, in various incarnations for four years, and it is still, the I think, the richest uh, piece and character that I've ever had to play. And you, you played the, the spouse of a musician? The spouse of a musician, and she ages from like early 20s to, to 70s mm-hmm. in the course of this thing. Mm. And uh, it's deep yeah. stuff, stuff I could relate to as my dad was right. a musician growing up. Um, and, uh, you know, coming from an artistic family and, you know, dysfunction and all the stuff that everybody can relate to. So it, made you, it enabled you to connect all that. A lot of it. A yeah. Lot of it. And that must be, that's satisfying. Oh, deeply. It's therapy. You yeah. Know? I absolutely. have to say that from a selfish standpoint. Yeah. You know, this is not a totally, a totally uh, selfless thing that I do. You no, work through of course stuff. not. Well, you were, there's you, a reason you pick certain characters. Sure. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, you're, I you're, agree. Yeah. You know, and then people think you're, you know, like she's a genius. It's sort of like, nah, yeah, yeah. actually, you know, no, I way. just... <laughs> All I know is I feel much better now. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what happens when you're a genius, I'm good. Right. Oh, God. So, but you got, you've got the opportunity to do The Sopranos while you were doing that. That's right. Yeah. That was a terrible time. I mean, I I know that sounds crazy, but I... Well, you were about doing to be a big thing. stage actress. Well, yeah. We was about to go to Broadway. Yeah. It was about to open on Broadway, yeah, yeah. and I couldn't join it. I couldn't take the play to Why'd Broadway. You, how how did you weigh that choice? Well, Money. I was going to get paid, you know, which in this day and age is not considered a, a, a you know, but, tremendous amount of money. But to right. do the pilot of Sopranos was going to completely wipe out my student loan. Yeah. It was going to get me out of my fifth floor walk up. Yeah, yeah. That was, you know, one right. one teeny room in the West right. Village. There were, th- there were real life things too. And I was, I guess, in my early 30s. And right. there were real life things to, to think about at this point. And I thought- But, but it was, a, was there ever, was there, because I mean, HBO wasn't what it is now in terms right. of- I mean, Sopranos made it the sort of art house that it is on some level uh, in terms of how they handle television. I, yeah, I don't, I don't have that perspective no, on no, it, no, but I, I know it was, yeah, it was, no, it was I, but, early but, on in the series thing. Well, that's what I mean, right? Is that like it was a TV job? Right. That's right. And and you know there there must have been that battle inside yourself having so much success in the stage and and being at the precipice of being a stage actress, which has this you know this uh, lofty credibility. Sure. That you were like, what am I doing? Right. Did you have that? Well, you know, I my memory is that I had been doing Sideman for such a long time. Right. And I know, certainly the more you continue to do something, the deeper and richer the character and the right. experience become. Yeah. But also, I had done it. Yeah. So my, my experience with it, I mean, I figured out who I thought this character was, and I had kind of fleshed it out enough to, to do a performance of it. Right. And here I was presented with this other character, completely different character. Yeah. And a substantial sum of money. And I remember Warren Light, the the writer, said to me, "Can't yes, this is a TV thing. You're really going to choose this TV thing over right. taking this thing a to Broadway." Show? Yes, exactly. And I, and I wasn't, you know, you're never really sure ever right. if you're doing sure. whatever the right thing right. is. Right. But I was pretty clear on at the moment at what I had to do. Also, my family didn't have money. Yeah. I couldn't. It wasn't like when things went bad, I could just fall back on. No, I couldn't fall back on anything. Yeah. It was all me all the time. Right. So if I was able to take this big chunk of money yeah. and get some of that giant black cloud off of my head. Why not? Why not? Yeah. And if the stage thing was meant to be, it'll come back. That's And as it turns out, it sort of did. I yeah. did the pilot of, of Sopranos. Yeah. And I was able to join... Um, I was able to join Sideman on Broadway. Yeah. Because oh, the did. woman who, who was playing the character that I was playing got yeah. pregnant. 
Oh. So I took over the role and continued it on Broadway and then took it to London. And all this, I'll tell you, stuff works out. Yeah. Stay out of the way. Do what you think is right. Do the, make the best decision you can at the moment and move on. Yeah. And when when Sopranos doing that first season, because it's interesting, like, you know, when I think, when having watched it fairly recently, and you know, I remember that it was exciting when it was on because you look forward to Sunday. Mm. You know, like it was like it's going to be on and you couldn't. So great. It I'm was, so glad to hear that. Oh, my God. It was like it was something to, to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you built your day around mm. it. But like rewatching it, like some of that stuff between you and uh, James was the thing that's interesting is that you say you didn't discuss a lot of things, but you were both so emotionally engaged that there was so much space there. They afforded you all this space for things to sit there. Yep. And you that had was, a, that was big news in, in the in the day. Yeah. Might even still be when yeah. when I remember the some scene. He said, "Listen, I, there are no words in the scene. You go, you get something out of the refrigerator. You go, you stand by him. You walk around." Part of me is doing this thing, thinking I gotta say something, but uh, they were—they—that's what they wanted. They wanted to let it breathe a little bit, and I just had so much respect and gratitude for for the room to do that, which HBO always gave us. Yeah, and you can—you barely have that kind of room on on stage. No, that's exactly right. Or you, well, especially now and, and, in this or, day and age, you gotta yeah. keep them, you know. Or in a movie, like it was very unique, like that. I mean, because like. He, you know, the two of you with him, like, you know, God knows what's, what, what emotions are running through him at any moment right. and how it shifted in his right. face. And he did that weird, he had that weird thing he'd do where you just go into this blank stare thing yeah. that, that was sort of like, right. what is going on? Right. right. <laughs> I remember it well. Uh-huh. Like it was yesterday. And you, you just, he, so that character, what did you do to prepare for it? Oh, I don't know. No, but you I know, mean, I, like, you put the hair on. Is one of those things where they, 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 right? They, they, they dressed you up, and you're like, "This is it." You kind of look at yourself, and you're like, "Yeah, right, absolutely." That's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I read the thing, yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, of course, I know exactly who this woman was." It was, it was uh, a no-brainer for me. And you at grew the same up time, in a way. I was completely sure that I would never get cast because you know, <laughs> in the way things go, is yeah. they're going to get someone who looks like this, yeah. you know, sort of the dark hair and dark skin, mm-hmm. sort of more stereotypically Italian, right. or maybe it's my own prejudice, but right. I am Italian, but yeah. I guess I'm not the first person <laughs> yeah. you'd pick to play an Italian. So I, there's a great uh, sense of calm that comes over you when you're auditioning for something that you're yeah. absolutely sure you're not going to get. And yeah, that's that's how I went into that. You know, like you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. Yeah, and I was doing Oz at the time too, so I had a little bit of dough coming in. I had a little bit of a steady ish. And, and HBO knew you. They knew who I was. Yeah. Boy, one environment. Those two environments. One like very yeah. uh, literally menacing, and the other one uh, menacing on different levels. That's right. That's right. right. A lot of darkness back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, I, I read. Because I don't know how, how anyone talks about Like, I'm sober myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, 25 years I have this year. We, wow. Yeah. I'm coming up on 18. Fantastic. I, I didn't know. know that. That's great. Well, yeah. I was I was going to open the interview telling you I'm a little dry. feel a little... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I need, I need a meeting. I'm I little, understand. I'm with I'm, you. I'm a little uh, brittle. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. A little white knuckling going on. Well, no, it's not. It's weird, you know. You get to a certain point with it where you know, I don't want to drink, and that's not in the. It's, yeah. it's not the list of solutions. Right. But I'm not acting like a person that's uh, living in the present. I or, totally get it. Or not letting go and letting God. That's yes. right. Yes, the I resentment understand. thing. Oh, I get it. When did you get sober? So 25 years 25 ago. Years was ago. it during The Sopranos? It was. Let me think. It was uh, before The Sopranos. Yeah. I was doing a play. Yeah. 
dating a crazy man and I and I had a horrible experience and woke up one morning and realized, oh my God, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I didn't know how it was going right. to pan out, but it really was as sort of miraculous as that. And I've, right. never, I've never looked back. And was it, did you know somebody who told you what to people. do? Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I went to school with a lot of people at SUNY Purchase yeah, yeah. who are still my friends now who got sober before me. Oh, and it yeah. just seemed like, wow, the hell, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Drinking was such a big part of my life sure. and my social life and my yeah. dating life. And yeah. So, uh, but I saw them do it and I saw them turn into different people and they just walked me through it. You do turn into a different, you turn into some better version of yourself. Oh, absolutely. It's a weird thing. Absolutely. That, you know, this idea that people can't change. There are some things that can change. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're always going to be you. Right. And there's always that panic. Like, cause I, you know, one of the, one of the things I do with the podcast, if anyone emails me about questions about sobriety, I, I'll take it yeah, oh, yeah. and I'll, and I'll respond sure. and I'll tell them what I did yep. and I'll tell them what they, they could do right. if they choose. And you know, it, it, and then I hear back and they're like, I want, well, I'm doing better. Oh, I'm like, amazing. It's the best. Oh my God. You All know? you can do is tell them what you did. Right. Who the hell knows what'll work for them, you know? But also the amazing thing about, you, you know, that whole, the model, and I, you know, I don't, like, I try not to be too explicit. I try to honor their tradition, but fuck right. it. I, you know, there, there, there's a point where you're like, you know, that's some old timey shit and yeah. I'm not a representative of the program, but right, it, right. It, it works but for it, some that's people. That's exactly it's right. A, it's that's the only exactly. one that you got that, you know, you can go back to yep. and, you know, but uh, there is something about connect when you're self self uh, centered like that yeah there's something about doing it that connects you to your empathy in a way yes that you know that is it was it was it's a miracle yes just Absolutely by listening right. to people's story in that context mm-hmm. you're like oh my god you, you know like it's made me a, a, a better person emotionally yep. in a yep. lot of other ways yep right That's part of being in this business i think uh, was based on the experience i had seeing things as a kid movies yeah. and television and, right. and theater yeah. where i think oh my god I, that person understands me or they're going through what i've been through the i think what saves us every time is realizing we are not alone there's right. very little we can experience that someone else somewhere has not experienced that's totally true and then you're sitting in an aa meeting that's what you have right there all around you yeah people and, sitting it, with you saying i you know i used to drink to cover this shit yeah, up yeah but now i'm just going to talk about it right and and what they did while they were drinking that that can vary and sure, you know, there, there's sure. Some, some of those moments how where bad like, it went yeah, before oh, they yeah. could get out for sure but you usually you don't judge it other than like oh i'm glad i didn't that's i had had a lot of that <laughs> like man i never got there yeah, yeah thank god yeah My, i don't need to do that Gratitude. research yeah yeah yeah, I got it. That's that's something that I don't do uh, innately. Gratitude. Well, you said you're hard on yourself. Does it come? I'm easily hard for on you? myself, but man, the gratitude that comes floating out of my system uh, is is not something I even could have wished for. Yeah. I don't know. It just uh, it's beyond my comprehension. I wasn't supposed to have this life, you know. Right, I wasn't right. supposed to have the, these opportunities right, and right. just the abundance. I, mean, yeah. I, hate the, I hate the words that are coming out of my right. mouth. I just don't know other ones. Yeah. I have these two magnificent kids. I have money to live. Yeah. I can help people out when they need it. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's just beyond. I mean, this I was was meant. I don't know. I it's feel funny, like it wasn't like, meant for me on some level. Yeah, but what what does that mean? I don't know. Right. I I can say those same things, you know. Uh, but then somehow or another, I'll end it with, "Well, fuck that guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so, I'm yeah. better than you in that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got a few more years than me, so maybe that's that... right. Now, listen, you, wait do you see? Wait do you see what happens next? Well, I don't say it like I used to. Yeah, I used that's to right. say it. I know enough to, you know, like, to keep it inside. You know, that, maybe you know, go to a meeting and you know, and, and deal. Right. Right. That's right. That's right. So, um, how many seasons of Sopranos did that? Happen? We had six and a half. 
uh, whatever that means. Six, so good. Six and then some extra. Awesome. And then and then you did a little theater in between things did, and movies. I think movies. I did Sideman and some movies. Yeah, which I also was able to do between. You did Frankie and Johnny. I did Frankie and Johnny at some point. Yeah. Oh lord, that's I'm a big play. That's a stuff. sweet play. It's a very very sweet play. That's yeah. one of those ones that everyone does monologues from. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing one in some class at some point in my life. Uh, but you had to like you know like you showed up at movies a lot. Yeah. Here and there. Yes. Uh, I have to say, it was, you know, and for a long time when you play a mob wife, that's all the scripts you get for oh, yeah. a very long time. And then- Did I you got fight a, against that? Did you have to push well, back? I, well, and no, it, all you have to do is say no. Right. But uh, but me, I mean, you knew that you didn't want to be typecast forever. That's right. And yeah. the only way to control that is to say no. It's yeah. as simple as that. And it may yeah. mean you don't work as, as often as you might have wanted to, but um, you're the one controlling that. Right. So, and then I get a letter out of the blue from John Sales. Oh, yeah. Who says something, yeah, handwritten. Who says uh, something like, I'm, I, I don't really know your work. Was it? I think he saw me in Laws of Gravity, yeah. this movie I did a gazillion years ago. Yeah. And I wrote this part for you in a movie that was, uh, you know, had nothing to do with anything I'd ever done before. Huh. And I thought, man, somebody's looking out for me. This is just, what a gift. Which film is that? Sunshine State. Oh. And uh, beautiful, beautifully written. Yeah. I had to have an accent, which I was thrilled which about. Which accent was a Southern, it? Uh-huh. Florida thing, uh-huh. you know, uh, yeah. Georgia, Florida kind of accent. And uh, Timothy Hutton was in it, and just a lot of great actors. It was so off the beaten track for me. And this was after The Sopranos. It was, I think, between seasons, uh-huh, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, it was just one of the many, many, many tremendous, like just handed to me gifts. And it I was, uh, and it was a great experience. Tremendous, a yeah. tremendous experience. I loved every second of it. Oh, you were in Random Hearts. I fucking love that movie. Yes, I did too. I was in it really very briefly. Was that Sidney Pollack? Yes, it was. Yes, it huh. was. Yeah, like people don't make too many grown-up movies anymore. Like there's certain movies, like, and for some reason I was thinking about Random Hearts recently where it's like, where are the movies that are sort of sophisticated, adult-themed, you know, like- It doesn't seem to be happening there these days, you know? It yeah. It seems like it's TV. Right. So um, how'd you get Nurse Jackie? Uh, Nurse Jackie I got because we finished Sopranos and I, I you know, went around with agents and managers yeah. and we took meetings with the heads of networks and mm-hmm. everyone was like, yes, yes, that's very exciting. And then nothing seemed to happen. At some point I got a script called Nurse Mona. Yeah. And it was, I got a, my friend Matt Malloy, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. is an actor and a dear friend of mine. And he lives in Venice. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a script. He said, I know, listen, this was written by my next door neighbor. I was like, right. oh, please, Matt, don't do this to me. <laughs> Evan Dunsky. Yeah. And he said, but really, I think this is good. You should read it. Yeah. And that was Nurse Mona. And I totally responded to this character. She's yeah. very, very dark. Yeah. Very different from what it ended up being. But I kind of, I, I, I liked it. And we, we talked about it a bit. And then yeah. some, I forget what happened next. We kind of put it aside. Yeah. Because I think it was maybe a little too dark. Yeah. At some point, uh, Liz Brixius and uh, Linda Wallen yeah. uh, got a hold of the script and made it sort of lighter and funnier. Yeah, right. Showtime signed on right. and changed it to Nurse Jackie, and that's how it kind of continued on. And But but the character, like, so what was it that in the newer version that took the edge off? Because it's still a little dark. Yes. Uh, well, she did things like, first of all, she had, an, in the original version, had like an aura. No. She was able to read the auras of other people. Oh, like, right. Is that a good person or a bad person? Well, she used to steal something from everyone who died. So, is it, oh, so it was a kooky character trait that might not have made her sympathetic. That's right. And also, you know, she kept talking about, well, you know, I'm having dinner with my husband and blah blah blah, whatever. Right. 
And then it's, I think, the last episode, the last uh, scene in the pilot is you see her and she's eating a meal and talking. But uh-huh. I think the camera pulls back and there's nobody there. Oh. So she has this sort of fantasy boyfriend, husband. But anyway, it was very scary and weird and dark. Right. But I kind of love that. Sure. But also I thought that people said, are they going to want to hang with this woman right. every week? I exactly. just don't know. Well, that, well, that's an interesting question about like what, what drives you in that way. Because, you know, there are, there are points in The Sopranos where that character is very aware uh, you know, of her struggle to not be aware of the depth of the horrible right. world she is in. Sure. Right, so you know, how do you continue on that line where, you, I mean, you're not obviously not thinking like, well, people got to like this character, but the character's challenging in the sense that she's in this darkness. Right. She's not just, she's part of it. Right. Yet, yet that's her life. Right. So in in Nurse Jackie too that like you know there there's a, a sort of the connection I'm just wondering the darkness thing is is that like you know people some people are fucked up yeah and and yet they they still that doesn't mean they're all fucked that's up that's right they're not monsters or they even if they are monsters maybe they're they are redeemable right right I think you need to find the thing that w- that they wake up for in the morning you know what I mean like Carmela loved her family yeah she was all about her family it was legitimate love her version of love right was was the husband and the kids yeah um and the rest of the stuff her place in society what her husband does for a living you find compartments to put them in to make it okay yeah you know what i mean yeah and everybody does i think that's the extent to which you have i mean how many compartments you have is about how screwed up you are sure but but the fact is everyone does that but not everyone's like you know running a concentration camp that's exactly right (laughs) Right. I mean, I'd love to think that if that's the case, yeah, that little compartment won't won't stay compartmentalized very long. Can't live with it. That's right. right. So eventually, it will overtake the Your part conscience. of you that pretends everything's all right. Sure. I think that's how you have a society. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But I think Jackie was doing the same sort of thing. She, what she loved was taking care of people. Right. This was legitimate. Yeah. She really did want to help these people sure. by you know taking from the rich and giving to the poor. Kinda. Yeah. But she was also you know a friggin' mess. Yeah. And a drug addict and everything else. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Depends on, uh, you know, what the ratio is to sure. and, you know, but, good you know, person, bad person. And, you know, and also, you know, having been, you know, somebody who has addiction issues, it's sort of like, you know, at some point you, you get it in your mind, well, this is how I have to deal. This is how I deal. No, you don't even make the sentence. Right. It's there in your head, but you won't even allow, you just, yeah, you're behaving yeah. without thinking, you know? <laughs> right, and I, right. so much of that show, I was just friggin' falling to my knees in gratitude that I just, that I, this was not me anymore, but it was also hugely satisfying and therapeutic to to be in the behavior without actually without the consequences tell me about it i just had to smoke and do blow for 10 episodes there you go comes right back it's funny oddly enough (laughs) like it was yesterday yeah it's like it's like riding a bike people would say you know does it make you want to say no god no it makes me so so grateful smoking so those happy. fake cigarettes oh the worst awful and snorting whatever the fuck it was it was were the, you actually snorting something yeah yeah well it's, i think it was but you know vitamin b or something it was something that they put in blow but it wasn't the blow it was it was the thing that made you mad when you bought blow. <laughs> <laughs> bring like, it on over yeah, what the fuck is in this stuff oh my that's god that's the stuff that you do on the movie set oh no sorbitol or manitol or one of them maybe i don't know oh my gosh but yucky it, it, yeah, it was yucky. Yeah, but the 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 ritual of oh. of of both of them of smoking and uh, uh, like I don't think like I was very grateful that I knew how to smoke. I had smoked half my life. 
I'm with you on that. You know, and, and that you like- You watch when, an actor who doesn't know how to smoke. It's the and, worst. Oh my God, it's the first thing you notice. Like it takes me right out of the movie. Right, yeah. Because like, it's like, I, I was very specific with them. I was like, you know, I need a flip top box because that's where I'm going to put my bindle in. Uh-huh. I'm going to do it with a key or a pen right. top. Right, right. Because I'm not sharing that's it. That's right. <laughs> And it's I'm so funny because Carly and Liz, when I told them about this about the character, they were both standing there and they're like, we're so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those ladies. He knows. I love them he so knows. much. He knows. Well, you did You did uh, one of Liz's plays, right? I did. I did her play called The Madrid. Yeah. I was uh, relatively new to parenting at the time. And it's a story of a woman who gets up and leaves her family. Mm. And uh, I found that. Interesting. Uh, like Because you were like so in. I, I was so deep in this parenting thing and totally overwhelmed by it. So it was another way to kind of work through that stuff without yeah. actually having to do it. Right. Thank God. Um, yeah. And people were not all that open to it. <laughs> it was, they didn't like the play? Yeah, or? it was not totally well received. You huh. know, uh, people. And, and, too dark? And the, it was too dark. Nobody could understand how someone could leave their family really do they look at the news do you look, I, yeah. do they look at life or they weren't willing to see it on stage I don't sure know, whatever and it's it was. funny well theater audience uh, you know the new york theater audience is a difficult thing especially with a new play that's why you don't see so many of them well yeah and it's like it's interesting now because i i've talked to annie baker mm. i've talked to stephen Carum, you know like that these newer playwrights yes. and sort of like and i've done what i can to get this generation to the theater uh-huh. but really when you go to the theater in new york you're like oh my god how <laughs> how old are these people yeah it's not that it's bad but yeah. it, it is the theater audience yeah and it should exactly be right. more important and relevant to people it's like uh nathan lane said about manhattan theater club sleeps 400 <laughs> you know the, the hearing aids going off and uh, you know oh my god i gotta use the bathroom in the middle i swear to god in the middle of a scene you just get used to it and Ugh. but you know it something's gotta something's gotta uh shift there if, if there are to be new voices there's got to be a place where well you work with the 52nd street 52nd street project I mean, that seems to be very proactive along those lines. Can you explain to me it what does. that is? That's more about helping uh, grow a sense of self in some of these inner city kids who may not find that at home or, right. or in a school environment. Um, these Hell's Kitchen kids that yeah. go after school to this 52nd Street project, they have help with homework and they also have classes, playwriting yeah. and uh, play crafting. And now yeah. they have like filmmaking and I think dance. And, and I mean, it's a tr- it is a good on every level good organization and i got involved because i saw my dear friend kevin gear who passed away all of like a couple of months ago uh-huh. i saw him in a play he was inside man with me but i saw him in a play at 52nd street project where yeah. he had a head of plastic hair with yeah. like little curls they came up with this and he was playing some little girl or something right, in the right. theater I myself have played broccoli. I played uh, a deer a couple of times. Uh, these are flowers, the, characters. These are plays that the kids write. The kids write them and adults perform them. And you are Adult. not allowed to fix the grammar. You're not allowed to make the sentences make sense so that you can say them. But these are, are big actors. These that are do grown this. up actors and little kids writing them. Kids who aren't writers. And you write. play them straight. You play them straight. Never have I seen funnier or more engaging or more honest theater in the city, anywhere. Again, my my, my uh, producer and my business partner, he, he went, he's gone, and he loves it. Oh, He's a big theater nerd. He, he not only it. that, you see these little kids who are, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, they didn't grow up in these, you know, theater families, and there they are sitting on a little, you know, foam core desk <laughs> watching their play come to life with, you know, Francis McDormand and yeah. Billy Crudup and, you know. And you see their faces like, it's just so beautiful. It's such a beautiful 
life-affirming organization. That's so unbelievable. Thrilled to be involved in any way. Yeah, and you, you make time for it. Oh, yes. I mean, they make time for me as far as I'm concerned. And it, it must be just so interesting to see which kids are are you know utilizing fantasy in which you're actually trying to fix their home environment. There's a lot of heavy stuff. There's guns. There's mm. drug abuse. You know, the, that these kids are not trying to make deep plays. They're writing what they know. How old are they? Uh, I'm going to make this up, like 10 to 13 or something. Wow. Or, or, or little, I don't know, 9 to something like that. And, the, and these are like, how, how long are the plays usually? They, They're short. They're like yeah. 10, 12-minute plays, and there's an, in an evening you'll see 10 of them and or then, something like that. And then after, do you talk to the kids? or do you, do you For sure. Yeah? Like, well, beforehand, you sit down and the kids will interview you. I remember I sat down for, for uh, one, the most recent one I did. He said, okay, are you gay? And I was like, uh no. So do you like to sing? Yes. I mean, and it goes like that. So yeah, ends yeah. Up the, yeah, they end up basing a, a, a play. Oh, so you get so you get hooked up with them before they actually right. write the play. Then they go off to this weekend where everyone goes away to some sort of house, some home that uh -huh. someone has has donated mm -hmm. for a weekend. Mm -hmm. Writes these plays with these grown up playwriting helper people. Wow. Come back and give them to you, and you're like, holy crap, I'm playing a broccoli. <laughs> You know, it's fantastic. That's the first. It's fantastic. Yeah. How old are your kids? Twelve and nine. Wow! So yeah. they're coming into it. They're people. Yeah. Yeah, they're people now. <laughs> Shocking. Did you and and do are they interested in the arts? Uh, not really. I think no. my daughter my daughter wouldn't mind being a pop star, but she's that's, twelve. She's, she's nine. Oh, okay. You yeah. have a daughter and a son. Uh, yes, and my son is twelve. Anderson. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. But yeah, so Macy, I think would like to sing in front of a you know an auditorium full of people but i don't know how how that will pan out yeah and you love being a mother i love it yeah i love it i am uh, it's the hardest thing i've ever done in my life bar nothing and uh the most satisfying it's like everybody says i had not anticipated how deep it would be and how did you get into it well yeah. Um, no, I, I, I had a number of relationships in a row yeah. where it got to the point of marriage and kids. And yeah. so the idea, I never thought I'd be a parent. Right. Came from a crazy family sure. and a broken family and yeah. all that. It was never really all that interesting to me. And in these pa these relationships I started to talk about, we started talking about having kids. Yeah. And it, the idea kind of germinated yeah. in me. Right. The relationship didn't pan out. And then I got involved with someone else. It was marriage and kids and things. Yeah. And then we split up and I thought the kid thing didn't go away. Huh. So I, I, it was, you know, I was as surprised as anybody else. I right. thought, holy shit, this is it's time to be a mom. Right. But I was single. Yeah. So I started uh, paperwork for adoption, oh. and that was, you know, thirteen years ago. Wow. It took about a year uh -huh. for them to hand me my son, my uh -huh. brand new son. Yeah. And then um, three years after that, they handed me my brand new daughter, and oh. that has been my life ever since. That's beautiful. It's it's tremendous. And you don't have to deal with relationship stress on top of it. How people keep a relationship going and I parenting, know. I just don't, I don't know. I, I it, They're both so challenging and I really, I'm not a good multitasker. It's so funny that like you say that because like I'm one of those people, like I don't have kids. I've been married twice and I come from chaos and, and you know, uh, you know, boundaryless, selfish parents and whatever. And they didn't divorce till I was in my thirties, but, mm -hmm. but like I and never think about it. Yeah. Like, and I've been with the uh, women who was like, let's have a kid. And I'm like, ah, I... Oh, yeah. But there's part of me that thinks, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But, you know, you do have to deal with that life, mm -hmm. you know, but like, I don't think I was cut out for it. I never, like, when I was a kid, I never thought like, uh, you know, I want a family. I right. just thought like, I'd like to feel good about myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. I, I mean, it's also hard if you grew up in a family where perhaps you weren't, 
you know, you weren't grown the way a lot of kids are and you weren't necessarily given everything you need when you needed it. And so you grow up feeling all the time, is my my experience. Yeah. Like, I need, but what I got me, what about me? I need to get another massage. I got to get a juice. You know, I need a, you know, (laughs) something to fix it. I got to, yeah. You know, so who am I to take on someone else who needs stuff all the time, you know? And I I don't know, after four million years of therapy and, uh, you know, many years of sobriety, I felt like, yeah, I think I'm all right. That's great. I'm all right. I think I can. And you could do it. And, and you, you, could yeah, you know, I don't do it perfectly. God sure, knows what the messes I've made. Yeah. Um, but the, you, you, you get, you found a situation where, you know, you took a, you took it on yourself, and yeah. and you, you made it happen. I did make it happen, and twelve years have gone by, and I have these people who are growing into people right before my eyes. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And in and, this movie, you play like a mother with like difficult kids. The one that I just watched, Landline. Yeah. Yes. Yes, difficult. Well, grownups at this point too. They're, right, but you know. like that age, I mean, that must another cautionary tale. Ooh. I imagine doing with the younger, uh, terrifying. What's that woman's name? Abby yeah. Quinn, the actress. Abby, Abby Quinn. Quinn. You know, she plays. What is she like? Fourteen, fifteen? Uh, she's a little older than that. I think oh. she was like seventeen or eighteen. Oh, okay, but that, like, you know, on some level, as a parent, you're like, God forbid. Oof. But it might happen. You know what? I can't even talk about it. It's, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm you know, I'm pretty sane about most things, yeah. but all that stuff. I know. I've had. I've engaged the help of my my my, my team of yeah. dear friends, godparents, yeah, yeah. and therapists. Yeah. So listen, I'm going to need to step back from this. So the whole drug alcohol thing sure. and children. I'm going to need a lot of help with that because I I'm my skew is uh, you know I'm I'm off. But also, in, I'm you so know, concerned about it. Yeah, right, right. You're preemptively concerned. That's I mean, right. My to the point to, where you're going to yeah. end up throwing them right into That's it. That's right. My brother's uh, he's got three kids. It's the same. Yeah. There's this like, what do we got to do? I I feel like this moment is like I feel they're going in that direction. That's I right. Got, it's right, and I know I need to back off. And so I've said to my friends, "Can you just keep an eye on this, please?" Yeah. When and it also, comes there's to these a there's another program. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where I am right now, where I get home like, oh, yeah, I could look into that again. That wouldn't be the worst thing. A little detachment might totally. not hurt. You're absolutely right. Right? But the movie, I, I thought that was great. Jenny's great. and you She's get to, so great. And, and you get to work with John Torturo. Who I've known socially for many years, and we'd never gotten to work together before. So that was a big treat. Because he seems like a similar actor than you. He, I, I think so, too. Yeah. I, although he's also got a director's eye, which I definitely right. don't have. So he right. he was always like, how much are you getting? And are you going to do this I, shot, I, too? And I just can't do that. Stuff. I don't, I, you know, like, obviously, I'm, I'm not, like, a real actor in this sense. But, like, there's some people on, like, like people on set are like, is this my shot? Like, I don't even know when it's my know, fucking shot. I don't know what I'm, same here. I don't know where the cameras are half the time. Yeah, and I prefer that. Like there's, they just know, like you know, like that's your camera, and they're, and they're working it. And I'm like, do I need to know? Yeah. Is that, is that <laughs> part that of this job? But that brings me back to the college thing. If you don't know it and you're doing a good job, then Fuck you it. don't need to know it. Okay, let period. them do it. Right, right. But then you watch someone like Louis, who writes, directs, and stars in all these things, yeah. where he's like this thing I just finished, where he's, you know, he does a scene and he's, you know, and I'm is talking and he's talking. I, I, yes. Yeah. Um, you think? I, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. it is. Um, and he'll do something, you know, and he'll finish the scene and he'll go, cut. All right. So, you know what we need to do? And he can completely come out of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that is something I can't do. That well, quick jumping back and forth. Sure. From it took him a to while. Inside. It took him a while. Yeah. Sure. You know, like, you know, he's definitely like evolved as an actor and he's evolved as a director and as a, you know, a comic. I think he always you know, wanted to be a director. His short films, I don't know how far back he went with if, if, looking at his... No. Like, he used to do these short movies that were really bizarre. Then he did, like, 
two features like when we were kids almost oh when gosh. he was in his 20s oh my gosh he did uh caesar salad was his first feature and it's like insane <laughs> i'm laughing it's already insane really and then he did another feature in black and white about a photographer ostensibly about a photographer that got that got very weird but they, he did shoot features i didn't know when that. he was a kid so he's really. been doing this a long time yeah yeah well it's like people have said i'm sure they've said it to you too like so how do you, you want to direct you want to write mm. like i don't I, I get anxiety just you just that's ha- it i can barely oh. do the one thing i i want to do that's you know? right yeah and, and, and fortunate for people like us like where it's immediate where you're in it and you're doing it and like the the idea of planning like to and you talk to people that make movies it's like well it took five years i'm like five years five years what the fuck i this i can't i can't no. i can't get a tattoo i can't make a decision no that's gonna exactly. last that exactly. far into the future yeah i dread next week yes like i'm like oh, i gotta do that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah it, I'm it, with you. it doesn't I'm require with you. anything I think I you also work with my friend Lynn Shelton on a movie. Oh yes, I yeah. didn't know you knew Lynn. Yeah, I love Lynn. She she's just, just great too. Oh, she's best. I've she, had such good luck with these people. But yeah, yeah, she directed my comedy special just a, a month ago, and she directed some Glow. She did an episode of Glow and oh, two episodes right. of my show. I've oh. had her in here. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know all those things. I, I, yeah. I had not heard of her before I worked with her, and then I thought, how I don't know how I didn't know. She's her. a real actor's director. Yeah, oh, totally. You she can got, tell that she has done it. Yeah, know? and she's got a, like, she feels the thing. Yeah. You know, like when she's watching it, she's like, oh, did you get there? Did you think? Right, you, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> and she was also not afraid to say when she didn't know. She was like, you know, oh gosh, let me think about that. I'm not sh- Well, why don't we try it that way? I mean, you really got right. the idea that she was. Also okay with coming up with it as we moved yeah. along, as we moved through it. I'm excited. What would that movie end up being called? Long shot. Uh-huh. I think it's called Long Shot. Yeah. And I I so loved it. Like um, you saw the cut. I have seen a very early cut. Yeah. Of it. You and, like it? You no. Know, well, I need to see it like 50 yeah, yeah, more yeah. times before sure. I get it. Before I'm able to not actually see myself. Right. 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 It takes um, that many times. I don't know. And like often the... I don't ever get to that version of yeah. it. So. Um, it's a lot of me, and it was. It's I, you know. One of the things I don't often care about how I look. I it's not what I am yeah, it's for, right? And especially if I think I want to look like a regular person. So right. uh, anyway, so then there I was looking like a regular person, and it, it was hard. <laughs> it's hard to watch, but anyway, um, <laughs> Jay Duplass is in it, and he's yeah, just yeah. so just such a lovely. Also, another sort of non-actor actor. Right. I think he's he's getting good though. So good. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I just had such a glorious well, time working on that thing. Oh wait, wait, real quick. You were I saw I watched a comedian on the plane. Oh yes. So you got to work <laughs> Who says no to working with Robert De Niro? I know, I know. You know, it's hard for me as a comedian to watch it, but like I thought there was some good stuff in it. And and like what was it? Was that Jessica Curson. Oh yeah, she's great. Holy mackerel. What a powerhouse. I think that was one of my favorite parts of the movie was <laughs> her three her, seconds of her, her, her doing, act. The, doing that thing Holy that she crap, does. She's funny as hell. Yeah, now. yeah. She's yeah, I know a lot of the people in there, and, and I bet you, know, you did. I know oh. Jeff, but All those, but those stand-up but, guys. but having those scenes with with Robert, like I think, like it's a very weird thing. I talked to Anne Hathaway about this. Like I think that the work he's doing now, when he puts his mind to it, and and it's not so menacing as it used to be. It's some of the best shits he, he's ever done. Right. Like I've watched the Intern like four times. I got to see that again. I've had some people tell me actually it's really quite a lovely for, movie. Well, for him, like to, to like you now, like that he's not he doesn't have to be this thing, right? Like he's really he's got he's got his chops and he's like doing things. That's right. Like even in that movie, it must have been kind of fun to do it with him. Well, I, that going back to an earlier question, yeah, I could say nothing to him. <laughs> I stood next to the man for hours and hours. I said not a word, 
Um, I mean, there's also this piece with Mr. De Niro that uh, he reminds me so much of my dad. Oh, really? You know, yeah. a relation, a very close bond mm-hmm. that I just had an ease around him that was not earned. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't feel the need to talk the whole time. But right. what the hell do you say to Robert De Niro that's not, you know? Yeah, yeah. There was no chit chat. No chit chat, and <laughs> you know, and and you wonder, like, for a man who's done as much as he's done, why yeah. does he need to do uh-huh. these movies? But someone said that he really just loves being on a set. Yeah. And I, I can relate. I well, can, well, yeah, right. Just like being around the whole, Me you know, too. just the, the, this person does this thing and yeah. I, you learn more about like, you know, you hit your mark and then you, if they cover you this way, then you know, just. I would never go to the trailer. I would sit on set all the. Same here. I love it. I, I just love it. You know who said that? Like, uh, who directed A Few Good Men? Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner, I think. But there was these scenes where, you know, they would be doing, they weren't doing Nicholson's coverage. And it was, you know, a fairly taxing part. I think is in a few good men in the courtroom scene. Uh huh. And if I'm remembering correctly, and they were doing Cruz's coverage or someone else's coverage, and Nicholson was kept doing it, you know, and you know, full on. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and and someone said to him, he said, you know, Jack, you don't, you can, you don't have to, you don't have to do, you can just do the lines. Right. And he goes, I'd love to act. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and there you go right and that's it right there that's it it's certainly a pleasure talking to you oh and you as well and as uh well. i appreciate it. it worked out it worked out good it worked out great i don't have to go to a meeting now <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i agree with that but oh, that's... <laughs> well good luck with the movie and thank everything you so else. much <laughs> okay that was amazing truly amazing I got a little teared up. I got to be honest with you, talking about that Fifty Second Street uh, thing. I, you know, about working with the kids. I, you know, I just, I, I, I tear up, and you can't see it or hear it. And I don't know if she saw it or heard it. I mean, because I was choking them back. Just can't. Uh, you can't just have the waterworks going right there in the middle of an interview. You can feel it, anyways. It's visceral. It's tangible. You know when somebody's there. I don't have to squirt them out. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that was great talking to Edie Falco. Okay, what else do I got to tell you? Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. And uh, I don't know, it's a little hot out here. I I think I'm going to forego the guitar today. I know that's heartbreaking to some of you. Um, Okay. Everybody okay? You good? All right. Boomer lives!